Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Welcome to the Off the Glass Podcast, bringing a fresh, intelligent, thought-provoking perspective to the game of basketball. This is your host, Z. Thanks for joining me today. We're back, getting ready to start season two. Couldn't be more excited. Had a beautiful first season, man. Again, thanks to all the support. This season, though, we're going to try to do some different things. We're going to continue to grow this podcast. Again, I'm joined today. We're going to preview the season. I'm happy to be joined with my guest today. It's going to be Marcus Edwards. My brother from another mother, we're going to dive into this opening uh, with training camp. Officially opens next Monday for all teams, but this weekend for those competing in what they call the global games now, they do their trips to other countries, it actually opens this Saturday. So with that being said, we're going to jump right into it again. Welcome to my guest, Marcus Edwards. How you doing today, Marcus? Doing good, man. Appreciate you having me back. Getting, getting thirsty for this, for this season to start as well. It's the best time of the year. It's kind of like our our first uh, trip, similar to March Madness. You know, March Madness weekend is similar to it with training camp opening up. So I'm excited. I'm excited, too, because we had so many, obviously, storylines. LeBron goes from east to west, joins the Lakers. Kawhi goes from west to east, uh, joining the Toronto Raptors. So it's going to be – it was a lot of player movement, a lot of different storylines. Golden State basically competing against themselves in history. Will they be able to pull that off this year? Uh, is it a far-gone conclusion that the Celtics win the East? So, with that being said, I'm going to start right there in the East. I was thinking about this, bro, the other day, and everybody looking at the Celtics on, on paper. A lot of talent, no question about it. But I will argue that this might be Brad C- Stevens' toughest coaching job this coming season, trying to manage all these minutes because with the injuries – Tatum was able to gain confidence as a rookie and get great minutes. Jalen Brown is no slouch. He got a lot of good minutes. He's ready to play. Terry Rozier earned a nickname, Scary Terry. So he's looking to step up and get some minutes. Then you got Marcus Smart, who just got paid off his contract. So, of course, he's looking to play. And with all that being said, we saw nothing from Gordon Haywood because, we, you know, they lost him with the, you know, the bad in- in- injury at the beginning. But with that being said, I don't know if the Celtics is – just going to gift wrap the East. I, I'm, I'm looking at the Raptors, but, you know, what do you think about the Celtics this season? Well, now it's funny uh, it's funny that you say that. I I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, how they mesh is going to be contingent upon Brad Stevens' ability to kind of bring those guys together. And, you know, kind of synonymous with how it 
difficult to write LeBron off from missing the playoffs or improving any team that he goes to as soon as he steps in the, on the floor and puts that uniform on. I'm learning now that Brad Stevens is, it, it has secured himself as a formidable formidable presence, kind of along the lines of a Popovich or even if you go to the college game or Coach K, uh, no matter what team and what unit they have, they're always in the conversation of having a chance. So I think I think Stevens will Brad Coach Brad Stevens will do some things with with the roster and with the lineups that hopefully will keep everybody happy. But it's going to be interesting because, because I mean we could argue, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into it at some point here that Jason Tatum. Um, He's a star. I mean, he proved himself as no a star. He, get, he gave them solid, solid minutes. He, he he carried them through the play, playoffs, through stretches where they needed baskets. And like you mentioned before, Jalen Brown as well, both on the offensive end and the defensive end. Same goes for Tatum. Both those guys don't just put up buckets. They defend, and they can defend multiple positions. But then when you introduce, uh, you know, a, a superstar like Kyrie Irving, and then another, you know, Gordon Hayward, neither neither of which played in the playoffs. I mean, you're sitting there scratching your head, and, and something's got to give. You know, it's like what give. So um, I don't think that it's also a foregone conclusion with them because then when you look over East, you've got uh, Kawhi Leonard, the, arguably the best defender in the game right now. Um, and you have to ask yourself, is he going to put Toronto over that over that ledge? You know, uh, Kyle Lowry's known as one of the best. Uh, defending point guards in the league, you know, obviously you got Chris Paul and others in there that that hold their own. But Cal Lowry's known as being a tough defender. You, know, you add Kawhi to that mix. You got Serge Ibaka down low, who you know he may, you know, I don't, I don't know what where his place is in that squad offensively. He's become more of an outside shooter, but nonetheless, they won. Uh, what was it? 65 or not 65, but they 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 got the they was one close. I got it right. Oh, oh, they got they were 59 and 23 last year, so they was 59 one off 23. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that, I mean, when you when you take the take into consideration the uncertainty um, on how Boston's gonna match, but then you got a, a team that adds uh, Kawhi Leonard. You know, I think people might psychologically think the drama surrounding Kawhi, if you remove the drama portion of what happened in San Antonio and you talk to strictly production and you put him on that team that practically got Dwayne Casey fired, I mean, goodness gracious, that's scary. And then Philly came off a uh, season winning 52 games. I don't see the top three shifting at all. I think that uh, Toronto and Boston kind of fight for one and two and I think Philly is going to finish somewhere third in that mix. So they're not you know, necessarily going to be running away with the East. They got some some major hurdles to overcome. You know, and the, the thing about the East too is after that three, it becomes a little shaky, and it's a question of it's, it's yeah. Kind of I, I'm looking at it right now, and I, I first of all I agree with everything you're saying. I think Danny Ainge, because a lot of people thought he could have moved some pieces, but with all these stories, and I don't want to get off into that. I'm gonna save it, but with all these stories about what uh, Kyrie Irving is going to do this offseason. Uh, I think he wanted to hold on to a Terry Rozier, to a Jalen Brown, to a, uh, I think they hold on to Tatum regardless, but I think they wanted to hold on to some of those pieces because I think, and he still has draft picks in the back of his pocket because I think he's holding out on to see what Anthony Davis is going to do in the next year or so. And I think he wants to be able to keep somebody like Rozier around in case Kyrie does leave to kind of be a stopgap, but also have 
some assets left in the bag to kind of package and send to New Orleans to possibly do a sign and trade to get somebody like an Anthony Davis. With that being said as well, you mentioned Toronto, and I listened to the the podcast, the Woj pod, and he had uh, a side Majiri on there from the, the Raptors GM. And I, I'm just, you could listen to this guy talk, man. I'm just ca- captivated by his energy, his presence, his honesty, his intelligence. You know, it got leaked that DeMar felt like he was lied to, and I'm not going to say he wasn't or he he was. You know, I wasn't there for that conversation. But the one thing Masai kept saying was that it's the business. It's the part of the business they don't like. I felt like that team had to get blown up. And if you're going to blow up a team, why not take the chance and have, when he's healthy, arguably the third best player in the league on your roster? Worry about selling him, keeping him there and all that as the season goes. But like he said, all we can do is, as an organization, is just show him what we're about, what we do here, what our goals are, where he fits into that. And then he has to make a decision whether he's going to stay or not. But he's like, he's going to love the city because you could ask NBA players, Toronto's one of them low-key, like, great cities. You got the Miamis, the L.A.s, and then New York's. But a lot of them players like Toronto. A lot of nightlife, yeah. a lot of things to do, a lot of food. I'm um, not saying that's what drives Kawhi, but I don't think it's a far-gone conclusion that they leave. And then I don't think it's a far-gone conclusion that they're not good this year. He has a lot to prove this season. And you didn't mention their two young players. I just wrote a blog up, you know, go over there, check it out at the offtheglasspodcast.com, shameless plug. But – uh, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, two of the more up-and-coming players in this league that they call 3 and D guys who can defend and score. So you add those guys yeah. in, they were able to keep Van uh, Vliet on a, on a nice deal. You got uh, Kawhi. You also bring in Danny Green, who still has a little bit in the tank. You got CJ Miles there. You got Serge. You still got Valiant Shunis that can play big a little bit, who had a great season for them last year. And you already mentioned Kyle Lowry still there. So... I don't think yeah. that it's going to be again. And then with Philly, they're still missing that wing. They didn't get a wing. And um, we'll see how that goes um, going into the season. But those three teams, and then after that, does Giannis get Milwaukee at another step? I mean, you lose Jabari Parker, which is a huge offensive hole for them. So, I don't know. Again, I agree with you. I think it's those three at the top that's going to be battling it out. Yeah, I agree. And and interestingly enough, Toronto actually had statistically the best bench in the NBA. Yes, and they pretty much returned that returned that whole unit. And um, just one more thing about about Leonard and that that deal in terms of that trade, like getting ready to lose it. I mean, you got some guys in the NBA that just are stars in their role, and then you have guys that are just flat out unquestioned superstars. With no shade or no slight to DeRozan, I think DeRozan is more of a star in his role versus just a flat-out unquestioned superstar like Kawhi. And for that reason, I think I definitely think that uh, Toronto got the better part of that deal just for what they needed. Yep. Now that's not to say that that's not to say that uh, that San Antonio is not going to get a much but much needed boost for what DeRozan is going to bring to them with his mid-range game, just his overall athleticism and, and, and defense, you know, which is huge over there with Pop. But, um, I mean, then the other 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 intangibles and variables that Toronto got as well with the outside shoot now, uh, Danny Green, you know, I'm not sure how much he, he still has left in the tank, but he's a good role player, you know, and I think he can actually come in and start at the two 
um, and and or or at least be a veteran presence and provide some outside shooting. I mean, those guys are dangerous. And then you did mention Milwaukee. Milwaukee, you know, I I, I don't know. I think that Milwaukee with with Greek Freak, he's going to have to carry them. And when I say carry them, he's going to have to put up and and be at least top three in MVP vote this year. I'm yeah. just going to put that out there. No, he's going to have to. He's going to have to. No question about it. He's going to have to. And I mean, you still got Middleton there. And, um, you know, I mean, those two guys, that's their, they, they provide length, one of the larger starting lineups in the NBA, if not the biggest starting lineup in the NBA from 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 point to center, you know, and all those guys are athletes. Um, the coach to have his second second year under, under his belt there after replacing Jason Kidd. It's just kind of one of those things where – no, nah, uh, remember I, they got I, they brought in Budenholzer I, from Atlanta. Oh, so, there you go. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yep, so, yep. So, yeah, so I mean, so now it's like I, I, I think I think uh, you know Greek Freaks don't have to have to really step up and uh, take his game to that to that top tier and that top tier being where only about probably five guys in the league sit right now. He's gonna have to nestle himself on that on that pedestal and carry his team. And then I think if he does do that, not only will we see Milwaukee, you know, creep into the conversation and roll some heads across the Eastern Conference, but then he's going to probably walk away with the MVP trophy because he he's definitely made a name for himself and everyone's just waiting for him to just blossom and bud into that star. I agree with that. He's been in the gym, uh, you know, pause, all of this. The body, his body looks incredible. The dude looks like, like literally like a freak. He's put on so much muscle. Again, you know, pause, all of that. And, I mean, besides <laughs> – besides, those teams, I think Cleveland's going to be battling for AC because you look at it last year, Milwaukee finished sixth, Indiana finished fifth, and then Washington was your AC. You add Dwight Howard. <sighs> Not going to be negative. We just got to wait and see. But I find it hard to believe he really moves the needle with them because unless he just really finally gets it and doesn't come in and yeah. become a cancer in the locker room. The, shame, the sad thing is I feel like Dwight can still play. He had some very good games for Charlotte last year. Had high rebounding yeah. numbers again. But again, where is the, the chemistry? Uh, John Wall, is he going to really take it serious this year? I mean, last year, remember in the summer, we saw all the great YouTube videos, and he still came in, wasn't in shape, got hurt, um, really didn't lead up to expectations. How does he gel with Bill now? Because obviously, Bill is the best player on that team now. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. How's oh, all, absolutely. The way, yeah. He carried, the way he carried them with John Wall was hurt. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, was impressed because like, he shifted over from he, he basically became the best combo guard in the league. I mean, he shifted from from the two guard and then virtually ran the point, and then took on scoring loads when they you know when they brought in as their, their reserves. But Dwight Howard, in essence, I mean, what? Not only did they add him, they added the, probably the second most most disliked uh, player amongst other players in the NBA, Austin Rivers. Now, so that locker room. Is, is got it's got Yeah, I mean, I think Scotty Brooks has his work cut out with him as far as chemistry. On paper, you would think that team would do a lot better because I felt like uh, Austin Rivers finally settled in in who he was and what he needs to be and somebody that's more than serviceable, more than capable of being a good, you know, backup point guard, not a star like he thinks he is. And I forget what podcast I was listening to the other day because I listened to so many of them. But they were saying how if his last name was anything else, you wouldn't even look at him the same way. You know, and I, I tend no, to I tend to agree with that. But outside of that, I mean, I think Cleveland falls out this year, obviously. I think Miami's gonna be Miami. Gonna be interesting to see how they 
Treat the Dwayne Wade farewell tour. And, you know, real quick, you know, salute to him. Uh, I think he finishes as the third best shooting guard in NBA history behind Kobe and Jordan. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people, for somebody like me and you and other guys who's from Chicago in the Chicagoland area, you know, one of the more incredible stories I think we've watched because he's around the same age as us, and we kind of saw the progression and the growth of Dwayne Wade and from oh, up close way. and from afar in a way. And, you know, I was just talking to somebody. We could tell the story of him coming up to the outdoor playground there across the street from Hillcrest. <laughs> and, no, like, he was nice, but, like, this is pre, like, nobody knew. Like, if you would have told me, like, the guy that was out there throwing the ball through people's legs and doing different things, like, if you was to tell me, like, that was going to be – the third greatest shooting guard ever at the time. People would have been like, "You're crazy," you know. But we saw I that, that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say crazy because I mean, even even then, I mean, granted, there's no way to see that somebody yeah. can have a. Uh, you watching a, a, a 18, 19 year old future Hall of Famer in front of you. I mean, at least I didn't have a eye talent like that. And like you said, not a lot of people do. So I get that. I agree. Like from that aspect, you would have been crazy. But just just what he was doing. Out there, I mean, he ran off. We were playing went up to 32. You know, we old yep. school. Everything went up to 32 back then. Yep. And he probably scored all 30, 32 of his team's points. And we're not talking just somebody get the rebound, cherry pick, throw it down. We were out there playing. You know, yeah. everybody was playing hard. And it, it wasn't just, I mean, we, we, we came up there with our five who we were all, we played competitive basketball. You know, yep. we, we yep. weren't just, just guys out there that just liked the hoop. We were hoopers, you know. We no, were I mean, let's and... tell the story completely. Like, for us, <laughs> we brought, like, teams from, like, our own high school. And, like, yep. at yep. that time, I would put our conference up in the south suburbs up against any conference in the nation. Because at that time, you had Thornton, you had Thornwood, you had Bloom. And then even though they weren't in our conference, obviously, we right across the street, you had Hillcrest. And we can go yep. through the, the names of the different guys that came out that had a professional basketball career or played in the league. I mean, so the talent at that time, I mean, it was no slouch. But to see him out there at that time, you know, a credit to him because the story goes, and I I would love to interview him one day to see if this is true, but the rumors and stories I would hear was like how he would be at Hoops the Gym every day that summer going into his junior year to the point sometimes he was sleeping, spending the night in the gym. You know, so he can get up and, and work out. And for those who don't know, that's the famous gym that Tim Grover ran uh, close to downtown in the Loop area in Chicago. And that's where he kind of the beginnings of becoming Dwayne Wade, a.k.a. Flash, and then goes on to Marquette. And as they say, the rest is history. Yeah. And that, that, but see, that summer, that was, I believe that was the summer he had, red, he had redshirted, or after he had redshirted uh, his first year at Marquette. Okay. Um, okay. And, yeah, that was that. That was after that summer, and then we brought our five up there. We, you know, we were actually running the courts, and uh, he came up there. Actually, I it was, think it was the other way around. They were running the courts. We ended up bringing our five up there, ended up matching up with him. We got a good couple runs in, but just most notably, uh, he ran off. I remember he ran off about thirty points straight against <laughs> these cats. And it was an old head, which would have been he probably the dudes probably our age now back then. And uh, he was heckling Dwayne Wade the whole time. You know, Dwayne Wade never paid attention to him, never responded to the guy. 
But it was like the stuff he was doing, I mean, it was unbelievable. And to the point where the guy, he was just, you know, having fun with himself, probably just talking trash. And every time Dwayne Wade would do something, he kind of, the guy would kind of like look to the side. Just throw stuff. He knew he was making himself look silly. And uh, he, when, when Dwayne Wade went, went to get uh, game bucket, he caught a backdoor alley-oop. And, like, he basically dunked on the dude, sat on the dude's shoulders. And uh, <laughs> he hung on the rim and just, you know, was looking down at him. And I just do enough to get He looked at the dude and told him, man, go pay your taxes, man. And then he grabbed his bag and, and walked off the court. I'm like, he just told his man, go pay his taxes. We looking at this old man. It was an unseasonably warm spring, <laughs> warm, warm spring day going into summer. And I just thought that was the coldest thing ever. He walked off, grabbed his gym bag, and left. See, you know was, what? My... Because we're two, we're two years apart, school wise, but a year apart in age. I didn't. I'm that story. Like I wasn't there for that. Just to be clear, like my experience was different. Because he was like a sophomore yeah. when I was a senior. So when I saw uh -huh. him play at that time, he was up and coming. And actually, his brother was like the nicer one at the time. His older brother, I think, who was like in my class. So I remember him coming up there to play. But that's just that's what I'm saying. Your story. It's like two years after me even seeing him play. And like just in those yeah. two years to see at that point, everybody knew like he was going to be incredible because Who he was. Yeah. that's when he had just came off beating Eddie Curry in that, that stacked uh, Thornwood team. Yeah. Yeah. Like he had yeah. already he, like, record, yeah. He, 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 he guarded Eddie Curry the whole game. Seven foot Eddie Curry that ended up becoming a lot of these picks out of Thornwood High School. D-Wade guarded him in a playoff playoff game and pretty much handled them. He played the big position for their yep. squad. They had a bunch of hoopers on, they, on that Hey, was team. that game, what was that game at? Was that the one at Eisenhower? Because I don't think it was the super yeah. sectional. It was the sectional, I think. It might have been sectional. Yeah, yeah it was a, that okay. was one at Eisenhower. They, they televised it and they had the TV4 network used to show it on replay. <laughs> right, time, right, so. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but no, that dude definitely is a legend, man. He's not only just a legend coming out of Chicago, uh, man, I respect this game so much. You know, I I, I challenge anybody to, to name a, a top three uh, guard, not named Jordan, not named Kobe, um, and not mention Dwayne Wade. You you have to honor that man, salute that man. And, uh, man, he, man, he just had a phenomenal career. I've, and many times I doubted the guy, and then he came back. You know, remember he, he was having issues with his knees, and it seemed like he was slowing down. His knee, he, only just he had a right shoulder back. injury that one year, like, you know, the, like yeah. he said it himself, yeah. the way he played, the slashing ability, the aggression. Um, he he, and it's funny because we we pick these scenarios, and I think he could fall into the category. A lot of players of how we look at it, what somebody can't do, but he changed the game and his ability. I think aside from Bosch making a big sacrifice on that team, his ability to be able to give up the ball and go play off the ball was the key to their success in that run in Miami with LeBron. He's one of the without best. Being a, without being a deadly jump shooter. Yeah, either. he's one of the best slashers moving out the ball I've ever seen. His ability yeah. to find open slots and then be able to finish above the rim um, was in shot making, the back the backboard work was just was just incredible, man. We could, we could spend all day spit, uh, talking about him, but I just wanted to mention that real quick. Salute to him. Glad we get to see him for one more season. Is there anything else in the East? Any storylines we missing? I mean, I think um, Indiana's going to be solid. Say, Miami's going to be solid. Do the Bulls make the playoffs this year? <laughs> the who? The Bulls. Do the Bulls make the playoffs? I thought you said the Bulls. <laughs> no. 
uh, you know, we're not ready yet. The, the Bulls, you know, we're in a, we're at the at that point where they're gonna sell some tickets. They're gonna put some seats in the stands. Um, they're gonna have a couple highlights on ESPN. I mean, but we're not ready to compete. Uh, and, and at this juncture, it's kind of like you know, just making a playoffs wouldn't even be enough. And that fact, I think making the playoffs would actually be a bad thing for us right now. We don't have enough of what we need. We don't have enough young pieces. Um, outside of just the the, the big names in the signing of Jabari, welcome home, JB. That's that's huge. Glad to see him come home and, mm-hmm. and represent represent the city. The city, I think, the city needs him, yep. um, especially after after our our tenure with with Rose. Yeah. But uh, no, nah, the Bulls don't make the playoffs. I think what I would my, what I would close the East with is this. Um, I mentioned uh, Greek Freaks needs to have an MVP year, and and Milwaukee's. Uh, placement in terms of playoff seating is going to be um, going to be set going to be set on how Greek Freak, Greek Freak performs. You know, um, he has to go to that superstar top tier level. Um, but Markel folks, you know, I want to. Yes, really I almost forgotten. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what happens with him. You know, uh, former what was the number two pick or number yeah. one pick, no, whatever he was. Number one pick. Uh, number number one, one pick. pick. Yeah, number one. I get those draft classes mixed up because whoever went, uh, it, it gets kind of confusing for me sometimes. But nonetheless, because they traded that pick. Who's that? Boston traded the yeah, pick? Yeah, Boston Somebody, took Tatum at two. Boston had go. the number one yeah, pick. That's, there you go. They traded that to Philly. So nonetheless, Markel, folks, if he, if he gets to a place of, I, don't, I can't classify his game as being anything because we really didn't really see what he was. I mean, bro, let's be honest. Not to cut you off. Let's just be honest. We've never saw anything like that. I was thinking about this. We've never seen anything like that where you you felt sorry for him. I was like, is he really going to be able to recover from this mentally? I've never, and we're not there on the ground, so I'm always with my podcast want to be very careful because I don't want to assume. I don't know. I'm not there day to day. But just looking at him as somebody that played the game, something was obviously off aside from even just his jump shot. Something was off that I've never seen that before at that level of basketball. I've never seen it from a player. Yeah. It was that it was so bizarre that you almost had to kind of question given Philly's history of of uh putting their putting their assets to the side to let them grow and watch. You almost had to question whether or not there was like if it was intentional, he was just going with the script. But it was like, who, what, what competitive athlete would do something like that? You know, it it just was that bizarre. You know, almost like a case of uh, what was the Mitch Wild Wild thing? Willie, that, that yeah, moment, when he that couldn't, yeah, he just right. didn't, he just couldn't throw. You know, it just it got real crazy like that. But nonetheless, if the, if the kid can come out and um and and bring some type of value to to the Sixers, I think that could potentially put Philly over the edge because I don't think they're ready. I don't think – I think Ben is Ben is a star, but I use that word specifically and not superstar. I think Benjamin is ready to to kind of grow more into his sophomore season, third year technically, but grow into his sophomore season. But, again, Boston and Toronto, I think they're going to be your, your, your big heavy hitters coming out that east. Um, and But but if folks can, can, can uh, improve and show what he can do, he can even – he can situate himself in a good position with exposure and with the um, with the type of team that Philly has. If they put up the right, the type of win loss numbers um, that people can people want to see, he can be most improved player. But again, we don't we just don't have a lot to go off of, which can help them. You know, it's like 
He doesn't right. have. I don't think he has a lot of expectations, but he has nowhere to go but up after last season. I agree. And then just real quick with the Bulls, I mean, I'm looking at the the play the East right now, the conference from last year. If we're saying Cleveland falls out and Detroit finishes ninth, the Bulls add Jabari. You get Zach Levine back for a whole season. Uh, I wasn't high on the Wendell Carter pick. I'm not going to admit. And it wasn't because I didn't like him as a player. I just felt like as high as they were in the draft, there were some other guys I felt like where the potential is higher and the uh, the reward is higher. I feel like you take them over a Wendell Carter. I made that very clear when you know I did the podcast with uh, with MJ. But if the Bulls come out, because you're looking at Charlotte, we don't know. Knicks, you're not going to have Porzingis for most of the year. Uh, Brooklyn, another year. We don't know. They really don't have any incentive to tank anymore. They didn't last year. Uh, Orlando, young. Atlanta finished last, young. I mean, they could potentially, with their talent on paper, and we'll see, they could battle for the A spot. And, again, I'm not saying that because you know, I already know I'm not a, a fan of any team, but they could almost battle for the A spot when you look at some of these teams. Like, it's not far-fetched to say they, they might have a chance because – if Washington got to 43 wins, now it's the AC. The Bulls had 27 wins. Detroit had 39. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not in the East. All I'm saying is you never know. It's not far-fetched for them to possibly make a run this year. But um, with that being said, we're going to pause for a quick break. Um, we're going to come back on the other side. We're going to discuss the West Coast. More to come on the Off the Glass podcast. Hey there. Quick question. Are you enjoying this content? If so, make sure to head over to Spreaker.com and become a follower of the Off the Glass podcast. Also, did you get your t-shirt yet? Head over to www.theofftheglasspodcast.com. Get your Off the Glass podcast t-shirt and support the podcast. Also, while you're there, make sure to stop by and read the many different blog posts that have already been written. Thanks for your support. Welcome back to the Off the Glass Podcast. It's your boy Z sitting here chopping up with my with my boy Marcus Edwards as we preview just coming season. We just finished the East Coast and we're gonna jump right into the West Coast. And I'm gonna start by asking Marcus, any storylines for you that you that you kind of thought about looking at the the season? Obviously, LeBron switches team and joins the Lakers, but anything before we really get head first into the Lakers, anything else that you you thought was interesting with the West Coast this off season? Oh, absolutely. Um I'll start with New Orleans. Uh, the Pelicans, they added Julius Randle. Um, they lost to Marcus Cousins to free agency. Uh, a lot of a lot of different drama storylines there came out after, obviously, he signed with the Golden State Warriors um, in terms of them either offering him a contract, not offering him enough. It was it was a mess. But nonetheless, um, they signed Julius Randle, who good young talent, front court help for Anthony Davis, who I believe, um, I believe if Anthony Davis, he kind of he's he's secured himself as a as a, a top five player in the league. I believe, that's my personal opinion. I agree. Um, this um, it's kind of along the lines of Greek Freak, but I think Greek Freak is kind. He's got one more step to go before he gets to AD's level. But uh, I think that uh, AD's going to have a, another MVP type season. Um, and with the athleticism that Julius Randle brings versus uh, DeMarcus Cousins, I think. Um, New Orleans is going to play a much more faster game. They can get up and down the court. Um, uh, Holiday had a, a very solid year at point. Um, in fact, he kind of 
uh, he kind of had like a very, very, very uh, great playoff defensively, doing yeah. what he uh, doing what doing what he doing what he could to to kind of keep them in the hunt, and they and they put up a very good fight in that playoff series that they ended up losing. Uh, so I'm just curious to see how how Julius fits in and if and then if they can build. Um, With New Orleans, I'm curious to see. Because the key, I thought, to Holiday's success was how they was able to play him off the ball and have a smaller lineup that had Rondo at the point, Holiday, Etuan Moore got some minutes with that, and you put Davis at the five. I know he wants to be a four, but he's ultimately a center. And I'm curious to see how that's going to work out now that Rondo isn't there. I mean, you bring in, I want to say they just signed Jaron Jack, solid veteran player, but I don't think he moves the needle needle like that anymore. And... Uh, they really take off now that Holiday was actually healthy for a full season for the first time in really a while. And then his confidence has to be elevated because he had an extraordinary playoff. And, you know, they got a lot to prove there in New Orleans because the everybody's flying and hovering around Anthony Davis trying to get him out of New Orleans. If you're New Orleans, this is the year he has to make the playoffs again. And, I mean, I know a lot of that falls on his shoulders, but – you have to show him as an organization that you guys are going in the right direction as far as convincing him that this is a place he needs to stay long-term. And I think the signing of Randall was one of the signings I did like this summer. I thought it was uh, underrated. And he has a lot to prove because he only signed a short deal like a lot of these guys did because the salary cap situation was so terrible this year. But a lot of guys playing on these shorter deals with a lot to prove and looking for these big paydays, which have actually been beneficial uh, for the team that they're on right now. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. Um, kind of transition to Houston as well. Um, I'm I'm curious to see how how losing Ariza affects them. They won 65 games last year, finished first in the West. Um, I mean, you know, Melo, <laughs> Melo is sometimes I want to say poor Melo, but at the same time, it's like you know, hey, it is what it is. You know. Um, What's his role going to be? Is he going to accept his role? Is he going to be, as I mentioned earlier, a star in his role? Um, because at this point, he is a role player. Um, so I'm curious to see how that plays out, how Chris Paul is going to hold up. He's getting older. Uh, he takes a lot of beating. But, you know, they're saying now that they want to try to uh, not restrict his minutes, but be a little more cautious in terms yeah, of how like they play him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, but I really think that uh, the Trevor Reason's value didn't doesn't really show in the numbers. Uh, he was the best of one of the best defenders. I wouldn't say the best, but you you can argue either Ariza or PJ Tucker um, can guard pretty much any position one through four. Um, and then even though Ariza had a had a, a, a terrible offensive game uh, in that game seven that they played the Warriors, I mean he played his heart out and gave them a fighting chance. All the other games they played in, so it's just how they're gonna how they're gonna bring Melo into the fold. Uh, you know, James Harden's gonna bring it; he's gonna get his buckets. Um, and then also with Denver, um, Denver is very intriguing. And it's the playoffs last year by one game, and then uh, I shouldn't say one game; I should say one slot. Uh, they they were one game behind Minnesota, and I almost want to say they lost the tiebreaker. If yeah, you remember that? Oh, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So I mean, they lost they oh. lost the tiebreaker, um, and then they drafted Michael Porter Jr who failed, you know, obviously because of his back and hip problems. You got Isaiah Thomas that they added, who's also had back and hip problems. And they, um, I just read on not, Twitter today, he's not going to be available right away at the beginning, maybe training camp. I think he might miss training yeah. camp. He's still rehabbing the hip. 
So they just yeah. brought and in the good uh, somebody news, else. So we'll see how that plays out. Good news. Yeah, but and the good news with that is, it, I mean, you still got Jamal Murray, Murray there. Yep. You know, I see what's going to be coming there to be a star um, anyway, but um, they're, they're big guys. Jokic. 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 That dude is. Yeah, that guy, that that dude is the up-and-coming. Uh, a lot of people probably haven't gotten a chance to see Denver. They didn't play a lot of primetime games last year. They didn't, but the and for- Millsap missed a lot with the wrist injury. So even though I know he's a little bit yeah. older, you still have Millsap. You move off of Wilson Chandler. He joins Philly. I forgot about I just remember that. So that's another solid wing for Philly. But, um, you know, Denver's going to be intriguing. To the Houston piece real quick, a lot of question marks for me. Um, Ariza and Bob Mute moves on. Uh, they wasn't going to pay Reza $15 million. I think that's what he's getting this year in Phoenix. So they had to move along from that contract. Melo, I don't know. I, I think in fairness to Melo, I thought you bring him in late last season before training camp starting. The chemistry never really was there. As talented as Russ is, I'm trying not to be so critical of Russ. Um he can be kind of hard to play with. And at the same time, Melo is used to doing mellow things. You can't just all of a sudden say, for a lot of these players, we want you to play a completely different style that you've never played before. So instead of you being the focal point or somebody that really goes and gets a bucket, we want you to stand in the corner and shoot threes. It's just not going to work. The question is, is James Harden going to still be motivated? I don't see why he wouldn't. Uh, Chris Paul, you put on the maintenance program, watch his health. And then I think... Partially, that's why they did set, saw uh, sign Melo. So we're going to find out right away if Melo still has something um, left in the tank. I think Utah takes a step forward this year. Mitchell's going to have another year on this belt. You you keep Gobert healthy. Because um, I'm looking at the playoffs. Lakers finished 11th last year. So you're like, well, who doesn't make it? I think Minnesota fought, falls out. And this more Jimmy Butler comp controversy, Tom Fibodeau. I think he gets fired. I think ultimately you trade Butler and get some assets back so he doesn't walk and you get nothing back. And I think they re-sign, re-sign Towns and you already signed Wiggins. And I think they, at this point, try to go forward because the fact that he's bringing in, like he's trying to create this old Bulls roster. And it's just amazing watching certain guys, man. Certain people, they just don't get it. It just seems like yeah. he, just, he just doesn't get it. And that's no shade at Luau Dang because I feel like Luau Dang still has some in the tank. I thought the Lakers didn't handle that situation well. You you signed them to all that money. That's not his fault. But I think the Lakers take Minnesota's spot. I think LeBron's greatness, and we don't know if Russell Westbrook is going to start right at the beginning of the season because he had a procedure on his knee. Um, It was so tightly contested, so close and so uh, tightly contested in the West that I think the Lakers don't just fight for AC. I think they could move up as high as four or five this year with the addition of LeBron. I absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I've actually got that here in my notes. I, I've got Minnesota uh, losing their spot in the playoffs this year. Um, I'm actually, I think I just got an update on my phone saying, as we speak, Jimmy Jimmy Butler asked for a trade uh, after meeting <laughs> with the front office. It literally just came breaking through. News the off the glass breaking news we on breaking the off-the-glass podcast. We breaking news. We breaking news around here. He said they say he has a list of one or three teams. As we continue to go on, I'll try to open that and, and kind of throw that in here so we can see how it plays out. Um, but, yes, absolutely, I got Minnesota losing that spot. And, and, and in terms of what you were saying about the Lakers, um, I, read a, I read a statistic a while ago that said LeBron 
for each team that he's he's uh, going to, leaving Cleveland the first time to Miami, and then from Miami back to Cleveland, he's basically brought an average of, I believe it was like 15 to 20 more wins with them each time. Um, so I think that propels the Lakers into Portland's spot, who I feel has been one of the most disappointing teams in the West. They just kind of never can get it together. Um, there's been a lot of drama with C.J. McCollum and Kevin Durant, and you know it started to show show comes of bitterness and I just I think there's immaturity there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm not I'm never I'm not impressed with Portland. I think they kind of got a got a, a good run at things um, last year with the way that the seeding uh, and, and and things that played out in the West last year. The Clippers weren't who they were supposed to be. Uh, Clippers weren't anybody. That's why they ended up getting rid of Blake Griffin. The Lakers were young. Sacramento was young. Dallas had not many, if any, tools at all. And then Memphis had injuries and so forth. The Phoenix were who they were. So then you put up Portland, who was probably better than just, obviously better than all those teams I just named. I think now when you introduce uh, the Lakers into the fall and Denver getting better, I think Portland's outside of that. You got Utah came to their own OKC as well. The Pelicans, like I said, with Julius Randle. San Antonio, they were 70 last year. I mean, did they get better? I don't know. You I know? think they I are. They... I mean, I, I think what got lost in the trade was I don't think that the Rosen necessarily fell off. I just think like what uh, Major, uh, Masai uh, Yajuri said, because he didn't break it up the first year he took over as general manager. He gave them a year. I just think that got stale and ran his course, and somebody had to go, and he was their best trade asset. So, I mean, this is a business. You trade your best asset. So I think you bring him yeah. to San Antonio with Aldridge, who – not a huge fan of Aldridge, but the production, I guess, is there. He was all NBA last year. Uh, does uh, I think Delonte uh, Murray, I think he takes a step further. I was high on a draft pick, Lonnie Walker, coming out of Miami. I actually wanted the Bulls to take him. Um, and I think the Spurs are going to be fine. I think the Rosen is going to fit in perfectly and give them what they really need as far as another scoring punch on the defense, on the perimeter uh, uh, with this, for uh, San Antonio. So, again... Now that I've we saw the breaking news, which I just knew it was just written on the wall, it just made sense. Because if Jimmy Butler is really not getting along with the young players for whatever reason, because he was been described as um, a maniacal with his uh, leadership, like he's just real, just like go at you super hard. And some things about leadership, I think it's a, a hilarious, even with Kobe Bryant, how this narrative of for lack of better words, just being an asshole to your players is cool. I mean, Jordan did that, but it was like a different era, and Jordan's a different type of player. I don't know if that style of leadership works nowadays like that. I think it has to be a healthy balance, almost like what I remember my junior college uh, coach saying, like the sandwich technique, that if you had a sandwich, you give somebody a good compliment, so that's the top bread, and then you give them a bad compliment, that's the meat, and you give them a good compliment at the end to kind of keep them going, but to constantly be driving on somebody all the time. I just don't think a lot of these players are really up for that like that. And I don't think it's beneficial. And I would say I don't think it's ever really been beneficial. I think you have some players that thrive under that, and I think you have some that don't. So, you know, with Butler wanting to be a trade, Minnesota's going to obviously drop out. I think it wouldn't surprise me if Portland does something and moves McCullum. Not because of all the reasonings you're saying. I just think his stock is high now. And I'm at the point now, I don't that backcourt just doesn't work. As talented as they are, you have two very average defenders. Um, that's their issue sometimes is the defense. 
I just think they can get something back for him to kind of, you know, sure up their roster. You don't trade Dame. Dame is your franchise player. All the things he does off the court that comes along with it, he's just a star, and that's what the NBA is. So I think the Lakers, even with the, the cast of characters that they signed, and I'm going to go ahead and put this out here because I don't know if you saw this, but the guy, oh, man, I thought I saved the tweet because I want to get his dude credit. Oh, I got to find this real quick. He wrote or tweeted out the other night that he heard from a source that it's a far gone conclusion that KD ends up. I can't. I'm having trouble hearing you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. He says it's a far gone conclusion that KD is like it's done. It's going to end up at in the Lakers. Like he's already making his moves and doing what he has to do to join the Lakers next year. If that's the really? case, yeah, yeah. He said he talked to a source, and he's not confirming it as the source, but what somebody close to the situation is saying, that it's a far-gone conclusion. KD's in and in L.A. Him and LeBron wants to go down as the greatest duel in NBA history and then kind of set the stage for KD to kind of slide into that spot as LeBron kind of rise off into the sunset, so to speak. I don't really buy that point. Because I don't see LeBron just want to, you know, ride off into the sunset. He's not built that way. But if that's the case, and Magic and them knew this going into that meeting with LeBron, to me it makes sense why they signed all these deals and these types of players so they don't lock themselves in long term and they remain flexible. We just always assume that it was because they want to remain flexible to try to get Kawhi Leonard in a year, when actually the big fish is probably going to be Kevin Durant. Now, New York has been linked to that, too, because there's been rumors of him, Butler, and, Kara and uh, Kyrie wanting to go to New York. But if this Durant story leaks out, happens to be true, man, that's, that's, that's incredible right there. And it makes sense why they did some of the moves they did, the Lakers did, this offseason. Oh, man. All I'll say to that is, you know, where we, where we come from, we, we, call, we got names for, for different types of people. I'm not saying this guy is, but I'm just saying. Sometimes you got to be where the send-offs. That, <laughs> <laughs> that might be a big send-off there, send-offs in every fact. But if if true, if proven to be true, wow, like that's just all I can say. But outside of that, I, I'm just bracing myself for the send-offs. <laughs> I'm just bracing myself for the big send-offs. That would be a huge send-off. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but, oh, that's his name. Okay, his name is Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. Scoop B is he's on Twitter. He got a check mark by his name. So I think I've heard his name before. He is a reporter in the league. But if if that's the case, man, that's huge. If if you're Golden State, I think you kind of have to already knew this was possibly happening. I don't know how long this Golden State thing goes on at this point. And it's I just think I think people underestimate how hard it is to come back year after year with the same cast of people to be together for 100-plus games if you're competing for a championship. What's your motivation? This year they have some built-in motivation. They got a, they're chasing history. You want to be right there with the, 90, the 90s Bulls, Russell's uh, Celtics, uh, Magic. I think they win this year. They passed Magic's Lakers. They passed San Antonio with Duncan's teams. And you're looking at four and five years. I mean, so yeah. – it could get stale and KD's like, okay, I've done my thing. I got my chips now. Now let's go submit the second, the last chapter of my of my legacy and the last chapter of my book. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, 
it's you know as as I you know I, I know it's, you know joke around about the send off part, but I mean I don't know who knows you know there's so many different storylines behind the scenes that we never hear about, we never find out about, but there were uh, insinuations after the after the finals that there was some type of um, tension in the in the Warriors locker room with the comments that uh, was it Steve Kerr made. It's like there were things that, that happened that nobody That was uh, David West that made those comments, but some oh, people have come out and said that that was David just being David. They not really – nobody really kind of came out and verified that. But I know what you're yeah. saying, though. I think it was some truth to it in a way. I do. Yeah. I mean, and you know, every locker room is going to have that drama, but, I mean – the vision KD in a, in a Lakers uniform, um, he would then become probably become the most disliked player, uh, more than LeBron. <laughs> right. um, in terms of just just from just from his, his history leaving uh, leaving OKC, we don't have to pick that scab again. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, who knows? I mean, the Lakers are pretty much. I think the Lakers, in terms of the future, are best positioned to control their own future and to control their own destiny. I mean, exactly what you said. And they got a bunch of one-year one year deal guys. And you, with next year, after the end of this season, you've got Kawhi hitting the market. You've got Kyrie hitting the market again. You've got Anthony Davis that got uh, got free agency coming up. Uh, was it 2021 or 2020? Yep. So, I mean, I'm, you got a bunch of guys hitting the market again. Um, and with Magic proving with, with L.A. I'm sorry, proving himself in L.A. and proving that he can bring – a big name like LeBron, um, regardless of what the general public's opinion is of LeBron, there are probably uh, a strong handful of guys in the NBA that will love to play with LeBron. You know, everybody's not Kyrie. You know, Kyrie has a different type of game. He has a different type of motive. Um, But there are a bunch of guys, you know, especially big. I I could definitely see a big, like uh, an AD, you know, Anthony Davis, LeBron James combo. In LA would be something to something to watch, um, but it, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. And then they got young tools too. I mean, you got Josh Hart won the um, won the summer league MVP. Um, so I, I mean, and, and what he's going to do in the regular season, I'm not sure, you know. But then you got your veterans, Rondo. I mean, we can run down the list. They have the talent, you know. Which is why I say I definitely see them making the playoffs. They're going to boost somebody out of the playoff spot. Um, I just think LeBron's going to carry them there, but. Um, just wow, the idea of uh, of of getting uh, <laughs> of getting KD is just wow, that's heavy. But I mean, and and with the reports coming out now, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Butler requesting a trade. I mean, do they do they move pieces around to get a Jimmy Butler? I mean, who knows? You who know? knows? All it's going at the end of the day. I think what we started out with, and then we'll, I'm gonna ask you real quick. It's gonna be two quick answers um, with. It's going to be an intriguing season. That's what we started the podcast off with, and I think this just proves right now. Quickly, uh, who's your MVP? Who's your finals matchup? And then who who ultimately is the champ this year? Uh, okay, so I'll say uh, my MVP pick, uh, if I had to pick one, uh, I'm going to let my bias creep in. I want to say Anthony Davis, hometown kid. I want to see him, I want to see him get, his, get his just due. Uh, but it's got to materialize on the court. Um, uh, rookie of the year, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, with Luka Doncic. I, I love his game. Uh, big guard. Uh, he's got some talent out there in in, uh, in Dallas. They added DeAndre Jordan. They got some tools out there. Hopefully, third that age and dog years too fast, and you know he can he can grow and mature. 
Um, finals matchup. Uh, I'm gonna. I honestly, I think I'm. I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't bet against the Celtics. I can't, like I said, you, just like you can't bet against LeBron, I can't bet against Brad Stevens. Um, I got the Celtics um, versus the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals with the Celtics coming out of the East. Uh, I've got the Warriors and the Rockets again in the final in the uh, Western Conference Finals, and uh, the Warriors topping the Rockets ultimately, and uh, Warriors and Celtics in the finals. Warriors. I'm not even gonna pick against for that, but I think I think ultimately the Warriors are just too powerful. Mm-hmm. They they have to beat somebody's gonna beat the Warriors. The Warriors have to beat themselves. And that's not to say they're not people won't win games against they're gonna lose some games from beating themselves. I don't think they're really gonna get beat too many times this year. Barring obviously injuries, you know, I hope everybody stays healthy. I hope we get we do get our our, our just do of seeing our superstars go head to head with each other. Um and I think that covers anything. Did, yeah, I, get up? Did I touch them off? Yeah, you caught them off. For me, I I was gonna pick uh Kevin Durant, I think he gets the MVP this year because he's going to be on the best team. I think your finals matchup, I agree. I'm picking Boston if Kyrie is healthy. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Boston, even though my gut wants to pick Toronto because I think Kawhi is going to have a stellar of the year. But I'm going to say Boston comes out the East. Uh, I think Golden State comes out the West. Uh, They're going to probably play Houston again. I see that. Houston uh, – just doesn't, I think, have enough at the end. And then I think Golden State makes it four championships in five years. They get their three-peat. Kevin Durant uh, gets the MVP for the season. I think Steph gets your finals MVP this year, finally gets him one. And then we kind of ride off into the sunset and see what happens. So uh, with that being said, bro, this going to bring this episode to a close, man. Thanks for joining me today, man. Um, Stay tuned. Rookie of the year, real quick, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Rookie of the year, I'm not 100% sure, so I'm not going to even give one. I have to look back and kind of really see. I kind of want to pick uh, Luka Doncic, too. I-, I love his game. I thought he should have been the number one pick, but not 100% sure on that. But, again, like I said, it's going to bring this episode to a close. Thanks for joining me. Thanks to my guest, Marcus Edwards. Thanks for coming on, bro. Really appreciate it. Uh, we're we're going to be watching this season. It's going to be an exciting season, man. Hey, make sure to go over to Spreaker.com. Look up the podcast, the Off the Glass podcast. Become a follower if you haven't done so. We got some product in. Go to www.theofftheglasspodcast.com. Get your Off the Glass t-shirt there. Uh, Make sure to support your boy. Make sure to subscribe. Follow me on the social media platforms. Uh, I think I'll bring everything else to a close. Did I forget anything, Marcus? No, I think you covered it all, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm about to go ahead and order my leave pass. I'm ready yeah, let's yeah. I gotta do that too. I gotta do that too, man. So thanks for joining me again, Marcus. Everybody, y'all be safe out there. This is your boy Z signing off. Peace. RP Mike Miller, man. RP Mike Miller. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right too with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one and a half cubic foot bag of Miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5 1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8 ounce pots. Valid in store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. 
We do it right too with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one, one and a half cubic foot bag of Miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5 1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8 ounce pots. Valid in store only. See store for details. US only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.